All right, the Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. If you believe that, say an amen. Amen. All right, let's open our Bibles quickly. Take a declaration of the glory of the Lord. After that, we'll take our declaration of understanding. And then we begin to study for today. Let's read from Revelation chapter 1 again. In fact, we will read Revelation 1 and then quickly go down to Daniel chapter 4. Revelation 1. We'll read from verse 4b, you know. And then we'll read all the way to verse 8. That is, we'll read from verse 4, the second part of verse 4. All right? One to let's go. Grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come. And from the seven spirits who are before his throne. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loves us and releases us from our sins by his blood. And he has made us to be a kingdom, priest to his God and Father. To him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. 7. Behold, his coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. As we mourn over him, so it is to be. Amen. Verse 8. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, let's go over to the book of Daniel chapter 4. I just want to read a verse or two. Okay, let's just read verse 17, if you are there. Daniel chapter 4, verse 17. Are you there? One, two, let's go. This sentence is by the decree of the angelic watchers, and the decision is a command of the holy ones, in order that the living may know that the Most High is ruler over the realm of mankind, and bestows it on whom he wishes, and sets over it the lowliest of men. Amen. Amen. I said, the Lord is ruler over the realm of Nigeria. Amen. And he bestows it on whom everybody loves. No, sir. On who the majority votes for. No, sir. Answer me like you believe the scriptures. No, sir. He bestows it on who? Whomever he wishes. Whomever he wishes. He wishes. And sets over it even the least likely of men. The least qualified of men. So when I hear people talk, they say, this man has a PhD. I say, you don't, you don't, know, you don't know God. The least qualified. That's why I call the lowliest. The one with the smallest background. The one that if you were to assess, you will fail. You will fail him. That's the person. He says that is... Doesn't care what you think. Doesn't care. When it comes to who he, he chooses, is who he decides. Let's read again verse 17. This time, please read it with faith. I know somebody that confuses you outside there all the time. Say your vote is your power. The lie of the devil from the pit of hell. What is your power? Your prayer. Your life of righteousness. Your petition before God saying, Lord, have mercy upon us. Because indeed the power belongs to God. Verse 17, 1, 2, let's go. The sentence is by the decree of the angelic watchers, and the decision is a command of the holy ones, in order that the living may know that the Most High is ruler over the realm of mankind and bestows it on whom he wishes, 
and says over it the lowliest of men. Hallelujah. Amen. Jesus, we exalt you this morning. Amen. We come to you this morning with the primary desire in our hearts to learn of you, drink of your spirit, and become exactly like you. We trust that you will grant it to us because it is your will. Heavenly Father, this is your will concerning us. That's why I've come to the presence of the heavens, the presence of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And from you, Lord, we receive wisdom and understanding. And because we believe that you are giving it to us, we declare as follows. Now I declare the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, and I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I am pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work, and I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. God is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area, and it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. amen. I said amen. amen. All right, the Lord is good. Let's take our seats quickly. All right, let's get into the teaching for today. Like I began last time, it's a new series we're teaching on faith. We just have to keep on coming back to the issue of the basics of faith and then examining it um, um, so that people will understand properly what faith is. I think what I emphasized when we began last time was the fact that Faith is not just a way of living. That is like, it's not just principles. Like, okay, I walk by faith. I don't know. It's a technology for life. And when we say technology, the meaning of the word is not just big English. Technology actually has a meaning. Um, what is science, as an example? Science is the, you discover facts. You discover the distance between here and the sun, between here and the next um, galaxy and stuff like that. And then how the atoms relate and all of that science. Okay, but what is Technology. You now take that, all the information you have, all the knowledge you have so acquired, you apply it to practical everyday life. That's technology. I hope you're getting my point. So that's what we call technology. All right? So the things that um, you know about the flow of electrons. Eh? So how is it my business? No. We convert it to you. Put a switch on the wall. You flick that switch, and then your room has light. That knowledge of flow of electrons is now practical to your everyday life. So that's what we call technology, all right? Now, for those who don't know, that's the name of technology, all right? Because I want to tell you science and technology is the reason for that, okay? So the same manner, we say faith is actually technology, spiritual technology. is the way by which the things that are in the spirit are made practical in our everyday life. That's how it is. That is, if, especially as a Christian, Especially as a believer, what's limiting it to the life of believers now. If you walk across water and then you sink, to the natural human mind, why did you sink? Human beings are not supposed to walk on water. That is the natural human reasoning. And it's very, it looks very true, right? That, I mean, why would you be walking on water? Do you look to yourself like um, water skating, that little insect? All right, why should you walk on water? You shouldn't walk on water. You should walk on land. And if you want to use water, you get in a boat or you swim. You don't walk on it. And everybody will laugh at you. Now, don't mind that boy. He was trying to, why should he do that? But if you walk up to Jesus Christ and say, I tried to walk on water, but I sank. And you know what he will say to you? It's because of the littleness of your faith. 
For him, it wouldn't be a ridiculous thing that you were trying to walk on water. He would just say, your faith was little. He could have said, it's possible that he would think that you'll have waited to build it to a level where you have water-walking faith. But he would never, ever, that's just the way he is. It doesn't cross his mind that you're not supposed to walk on water. For him, you couldn't walk on it because of your unbelief. Because your faith was small. Now, again, some practical examples. If you say that I've been out of school for a few years, I don't have a job, and I've been looking for a job, I tried to start a business, it failed, what's the natural reasoning? This government, you hear it all the time? I'm going to digress again, I always do that, because I have to anyway. This government, what's wrong with this government? What's wrong with this government? That's when you talk to an ignoramus like yourself. Do you follow my point? (laughs) People don't know anything. They are the ones that Solomon will call what? Fools. Anger lies in their bosom. I chat with adults every day. And I wish I could tell them what I think about them. That this is just foolishness manifested. Foolishness manifested. Every day. They don't know why things happen. So they turn around and the Bible says they will curse the king. That's all they do. Anger lies in the bosom of fools. But if we were to go to the Lord Jesus Christ and say, just what I said earlier, I've been out of school for a while, I don't have a job, I don't have businesses, my businesses I tried did not work. Why? He will say, because of the smallness of your faith or because of your own belief. That would be the only explanation he will give. That's all he understands. If you were to, if, maybe if, to, if you told the Lord, please, I'll be in your office. That's the Lord, though. As me has an office, um, where, where's his office now? Yeah, just here, all right? Just next hall here, all right? And you live at Abakwa, all right? Or Ninth Mile, or G River. Say, Lord, I'll be in your office tomorrow at 12 noon. And then he's in the office, he's waiting for you. And it starts raining cats and dogs, like they say. Okay? And then you try to drive this, this the one bridge has been over, has been covered by the overflowing river and all of that on your way down here. And then the flood is so bad that all the cars can't move, so they block the roads. And they told him you'll be in his office by 12. He finally got there by 2.30. Or oh, he didn't come at all. You call him later. And you, you have your own explanation. Sir, you should have seen the rain. In fact, I thought you wanted to flood the earth again like the days of Noah. It was so bad. All the cars were everywhere because they couldn't move. Some cars had stopped because their engines had water in them, so the roads were blocked. Sir, that's why I did not come. But if he would turn to the angel beside him on the left and on the right, do you know why he didn't come? You would say, because of the smallness of his faith. That's the only thing he understands. I want us to understand how he reasons. You know all those excuses you will give? He doesn't get them. One prayer I pray for myself, and I ask people to pray for themselves also, is that, Lord, help me to see from above and not from beneath. Let me think the way you think. Let me reason the way you reason. And you know why he talks like that? He knows from above. He knows that if your faith was big enough, all right? If your faith was strong enough, many things could have happened. But at the end of the day, five minutes to 12, you'll be here. If your faith will have had to stop the rain, it will have stopped the rain. If your faith will have made sure nobody else came out that morning so as to block your way, you will have done it. And if your faith 
literally demanded that you be transported like Philip, all right, to Azotus. And this will be Azotus, from all the way from um, Oji River or wherever you're coming from. It will have happened. And those are all the things he looked at and says, you didn't come here. Look at the opportunities for coming. None of them was taken because your eyes were fixed on your car, on the weather, all the cars around. If your eyes will have just been fixed on the fact that you are supposed to meet me here by 12 and you thought of nothing else but that, you will have found yourself at the door of this place, five minutes to 12 o'clock. But you are so occupied with all the excuses you are so occupied with all the natural order of things in front of you. You are so occupied with them so that the other dimension in which you could have worked to get the result of getting here at the right time didn't manifest for you. I believe one thing. One of the things Satan does, the world does, again, small digression. Satan doesn't have the kind of power we think he has. You know, I keep on saying it. You've heard me say it long enough that I don't think you are thinking he has power. He doesn't have. He always uses tricks. He has to. He has to use devices. He has to be cunning to get results in your life, in my life. That's what he does. And one of the things he does, that's what I was trying to explain, is he distracts us. He keeps us thinking of something else. He keeps you focused. Like now, political analysis is something that people have been focused on so much in the last few months. One day, now, please. <laughs> now, what I want to say, please, don't judge my political persuasion by it. Some of you know anyway, but most of you don't know. Most of you, if you only hear from when I'm preaching, trust me, you have no idea. Anyway, I was <laughs> in the office the other day. One of my junior colleagues was out there, explained to me how this election is going to go. By the time he finished, I was convinced PDP won this election. I was convinced. By the time he finished, so another of his guys, about his mates, Came out, they were doing some work. I was just standing on the corridor, just taking some fresh air. Then his colleague came out. He heard the last part of the conversation. He said, what are you saying? What are you saying? Then he started. Five minutes later, I was social APC will win. <laughs> Five minutes later, I was convinced. That is, after I looked at the two of them, what's wrong with both of you? Why are you playing with my head this evening? <laughs> it wasn't the evening. That is, one guy we talk, his politics... I have my own analysis, but this guy, he kept on going on and on and on. He was explaining this, giving me figures, he gave me figures, and when he was done, he said, look, PDP is winning this election. I said, eh? Okay. Let the will of God be done. This guy came and said, what nonsense is that? He just made one statement, and all the other guys' arguments came down. One, eh, one not two. He made one statement. All the arguments I've been for the last 10 minutes just went down. Whoop. Then he added another one to it. That would just nail the coffin. Wham! I told you that guy, my friend. Now, the funny part is that none of them was really supporting any of the parties. Oh, no, no. They are not, I don't think they are planning to vote for any of the two parties. Now, this is where I'm going. When I hear pastors talk, I said, this is what we should do with preaching. God should send them on sabbatical leave to a farm. They should go and work on a pig farm for a while. They shouldn't be preaching during the political season. One of my classmates sent me a video yesterday. He said, Bishop, he calls me Bishop. Say, Bishop, see your mate. You will sit down and be talking nonsense. See your mate. <laughs> what did my mate say? <laughs> I don't remember my classes I just did there. <laughs> if I wanted, they should publish all the charts in your book. It will be the comedy book of the century. Now, he said, look at your mate. What was my mate saying? He's a big pastor. What do you have to say about his election? 
that this election is a time we have to get it right in this country. If we don't get it right, we, must go, we may go back into oppression. So tell your people how to vote. He talked talk, talk. Now, I'm very careful when it comes to ministers, especially, how I respond, because a lot of my classmates are not believers. So I show some, you know, in-house respect. No? Don't wash my dirty linen in public. I try. So I, I diverted the joke to something else. All right, there's a way. I won't tell you where I tossed the thing to. What I wanted to say, if it was among believers, I would have said, this pastor is not okay. I would have said to him, sir, you are not all right. See, you have to understand, when you occupy positions, know what to use your mouth for. I was going to say, sir, you're not okay. You're talking as a man of God. What we know you for is that you preach. You speak for God. That's why we call you a man of God. And you are telling us that the power is with us, it has left God. I don't know whether I get my point. You are telling us, you speak into the whole nation, and the only thing you could say was that people, the power is with you. God has no power here. We don't know what we say. We insult the law so much. You say, Bank, what should you have said? If I were the one, you know what I would have said. I'll tell the reporter, fellow citizens of Nigeria, the time has come again to perform our civic duties. Please, let's all go out to perform our duties. But at the end of the day, the will of God will be done. God rules in this land. The time to favor us has come. Whoever comes, we favor us. I don't care who you are. The spirit of God will possess you. I have declared upon that city, Nasorok. It is the will of God that will be done there. I will magnify Jesus. For the, the reporter will get to carry his microphone around. I will remind everybody, heaven rules in the affairs of mankind. Yes, he's the governor amongst the nations. We will go and do our duties, but people of God... God has chosen his man. And no matter what we do, that person is coming. And I hear preachers talking. Call your village people. Oh, it is time to vote. Oh. It's stupidity. I'm sorry to say it. I'm not ashamed. Listen, I've realized. If you want to speak for God, you can't be popular. Go and check your scriptures. Micaiah will stand alone against hundreds of prophets. Jeremiah will stand alone. He will tell all of them. 70 years you are going to captivity. And that prophet will say, no, God said two years. He spoke. They slapped him. God said, put a yoke on your neck. He put a yoke on his neck. One fellow came and broke it. He said, thus says the Lord. Thus will I break the yoke of the king of Babylon. Jeremiah left there said, may it be like that. As soon as he left, God said, go back and tell him, you have broken the yoke of wood. I'm replacing it with the yoke of iron. I said, you, you have, rebel- you have instigated rebellion against the Lord. This year, you will die. Before the end of that year, that prophet was dead. Why? He said, you incited rebellion against the Lord. One of our pastors, I said, hey, hey, you're playing with fire. That's why I'm not ashamed to say what I say. I don't care whether it's popular or not. That's why my classmate was laughing at me, saying, look at your mate. I'm sorry to say, my mate is confused. He has left his assignment. This, my brethren, have become politicians. They don't know the power of God. And that's the reason. Jesus said, when you don't understand the scriptures or the power of God, you err. See, the way my heart is, I don't give you a hoot who wins on Saturday. You know why? There's so many scriptures to defend us. You did not say strangers will build your walls. <laughs> hey. Oh, I'm talking about faith. I'm th- that's what I'm talking about faith. Many people who claim to believe us, they don't believe. That's what I found out. They don't believe. They claim to believe. They don't believe anything. And they have, we must understand what faith is. Faith is not critical analysis with intelligence. That's not faith. It is the technology by which Heaven comes down to the earth. Did you hear what I said? 
Faith is the technology by which heaven comes down to the earth. Please, I can't leave this politics, not just politics, now, national issues alone for a moment. I need to teach believers. Ah! When you hear them talking, your body will be shaking. I was saying Pastor the other day, I said, when they call prayer for Nigeria now, I can hardly attend. Even Christians, I can hardly attend. I said, pray with who? This one? He doesn't believe anything. I can hardly attend. I can hardly attend. I'll be looking at them. You don't believe Jack. We are not united in faith. I can't pray with you. I'm sorry to say it. I said, no. We are not on the same faith frequency. So, I cannot pray with you. For example, if you make a statement like, if we don't get it right this time, you like the right person, we're in trouble. I can never pray with you. You don't know anything. You do not know anything. You are too ignorant of the power of God. I can't pray with you. Because the day election results is declared, and your supposed candidate lost, loses, you release a toxic atmosphere into the air for the whoever wins for the next four years. I was in a pastor's house. He told me that our current head of state was not chosen by God. And all of, they were saying all over the country. There's one who was prophesying one day. I was laughing. I said, he called this prophecy. He said, God said to him, this is so. I said, God didn't say anything to you. He did not. They prophesied that the man will die. The man lived. Oh, they prophesied that he would die. He lived. Defied all their false prophecies. Prophesied out of anger, out of personal assessment of situation, without knowing the power of God. So you know what happened? The man lived. Now they have given up. Oh, he's not going to die. And if he were to die, God forbid, sir, you won't die. But he is, he, it's at the tail end. He's almost going. They look like, oh boy, you lived these eight years. He said, twenty and I did. And one of our brothers, they had a vision. And the Lord showed to them that the greatest assault against him was coming from the church. The church was firing arrows. But some intercessors stood and they refused and they prayed and they cut off the arrows. They blocked the arrows from him. And he lived. And the Lord looked at those ones and blessed them. If God doesn't do things the way we want to do it, as far as I'm concerned, it is not being done. It's why I can't pray with a lot, of, a lot of people. I can't. Only one You know, the more I listen, oh, thank God for this political season. It has exposed to me why we have a problem in this nation. The church is made of majority of people who don't believe. And by the way, I hope you know they are the ones ruining the country. Oh, God, come and watch them make decisions, both directly and spiritually. The people who complain the most are the ones that ruin this country the most. I was discussing with my son the other day. And if you're talking about fairness, and let me tell you something about God. He's very fair. He's just. There was a time one of our big pastors said, this country, better prepare. Have a plan B so you can run away. Many of you remember. A Muslim rose up and said, Nigeria is my country. I'm not going anywhere. Whatever it will take, I will give it to it. I'm staying here. Let me tell you about God. God will take the country and give that Muslim. He's just. He'll say, bread, bread, bread. You don't want it. That's why I prophesied and I still prophesy. That God says... I said, and I said that it wasn't joke. I said, thus says the Lord, that if you want this nation, I will give you. We know the truth. We don't want it. The other day, Pastor Korea and I were talking. When we saw the amount of money our brethren invest in relocating, you didn't know they had that kind of money. Ah, you hear 30 million, 50 million. You know, you start trembling. Ah, is this 50 million? You just said, this boy has 50 million now. He said, he raised it. Ah, it's raisable. <laughs> 
apostle, you have been preaching for long. Have you raised 10 million? Ah, you look like 50 million is raisable. You just be wondering. When you hear the kind of effort and energy that so-called Christians spend in trying to get out, God who is just will give it to whoever wants it. He won't give it to you or to your children. Why? You don't want it. I saw one thing the other day. Somebody forwarded it around. He said it was Nabuja. Did I share the story here? Many of you may have seen. You know, this is on social media. Everybody sees everything. POS, POS. You know POS? No, they, it's actually Naira, very expensive. So, this guy needed money. He went to the POS guy. I need 10,000 Naira. I think the guy charged him 1,500 1, or so. So, he got 8,500 instead of 10,000. He paid, they took his 10,000 Naira out of his account. Give me 8,500. He finished spending the money. That same day, he needed more money. So he went to another person. The first one was a southern, I suppose, Christian. All right? He didn't say, but just in fact, if I was a, this is Nabuja. That first one was a southern, a Christian. Supposed Christian, I suppose, I think. Second time around, he went to was a guy from the north. Somewhere up north. I need 10,000 there. How much is, is the guy? So he said, this time around, I want my 10,000 complete. So add your charge to it. So the guy said 10,200. So he was like, he thought he had 2,000 there. I'm with this. He said 10,200. It's okay. So he told me he didn't hear well. He points the money in. The guy punched in 10,200. I put in his pin. 10,200 left his account. 200 naira. The guy gave him 10,000 naira. So he paused and said, Excuse me. I did this just a few hours ago. They charged me 1,005. Why are you charging 200 naira? This is a northern Muslim. The man laughed. He said, I don't want to be part of the problem of this country. He said, the man said, I don't want to be part of the problem of this country. The God that is on his throne, you think he won't make him king? He's a righteous judge. He's a... <laughs> hey, God, people don't get it all. He's a righteous judge. He's righteous. When we're bragging about our ability to run abroad, Muslims were digging in. See, with that kind of life, eh, that prophecy you feared before, they said that Uthman and Fodio say he will plant the Quran in the sea. It will come to pass if you are not careful. No, it's not because his God has more power. It's because those who God has the power say, we don't want it. They see giants, they run. Giants just, whoop, they disappear. Why do you live? He said there are giants in the country. So you find people who don't have the God that has that power. They face giants, giants die. You now say Islamization agenda. Listen, brethren, that's what God is still saying. You see, anytime God wants to give you things, eh? he will tell you, I have given you, now go and take it. You see what I said? He will say, I have what? I have given you, now go and do what? Go and take it. Lord, where is it? He said, this is a boundary. From here to here, you get there. You will find Og of Bashan, whose bed is like nine feet in length. He will sit down there with a big spear in his hand and tell you, this is my land. Then God will say, no, no, don't mind him. It's your land. And you're like, excuse me, I'm sorry. I, I mean, no, no disrespect, but the guy is like eight feet tall. <laughs> Look at his bed. The hog of Bashan, his bed is still in one museum somewhere. Massive iron bed. Men didn't use to sleep on iron bed. He had one. God said, yeah, I know. Is this the same one where that guy is claiming? He said, yes. You said, that's the one you have given me. He said, Lord, where's the sea of home? 
You know what he does? He'll say, yes, that's the one I gave you. And then your vision will end. You now look at Og of Bashan. Um, good morning, sir. What do you want? No, just greeting. Just say. <laughs> Friendly neighbor. I'm kind of trying to move next door. Nobody lives next to me. Ah. Hey, look, Lord. I, um, you don't even know how to tell the guy. This is my land. And God will leave you like that. That's it. He's not going to say anything more. That's your problem. But it's an attitude you come in. This attitude of faith. David. He will come. Good morning. Or we say, what do you want? I want my land. You are sitting on it. What did you say? Yeah, you are sitting on my land. What did you say? He breaks his spear. He says, bros, it's my land. You can carry that spear, but it's my land. You talk like that. That's the last you will remember. Because after that, a spirit jumps into you. You pick a stone. He picks a spear. Say, oh boy, it's my land. Next thing you know, the guy is down. Your leg is on his neck. And your boys are carrying things out of it. Come on, move these things out. Then your eye will clear. You have dispossessed the man of that land. That's how faith works. People think, a lot of they think people had, David had the time to be reasoning and planning. No. When you're a young boy, and lion is taking your sheep, it's not time for strategic meeting. How to rescue the sheep from the mouth of the lion. You know, we, have to, we, have to, we have to block the front. And then we have to make a lot of noise. Raise smoke. The lion is going to get scared. No. This guy is eating the goat. Your goat he took is eating it. While you are plotting, the animal is dying. What am I going to say? The guy did not have time to think. He just said, bah, bah. once he heard that one, what happened? Lion, in my flock, he ran after it. Go and check what he said. He ran after his sheep. Give me my sheep. He snatched it from the lion's mouth. And the lion said, what effrontery? So the lion turned on David. That's how he narrated it. When he turned on me, I had to defend myself. Americans have this law called stand your ground. So I stood my ground and I killed the lion. If you went to that young boy, how do you kill lions? He doesn't know. He doesn't know how lions are killed. All he knows is that if lion takes your sheep, collect it back. How do you kill the lion? I don't know. You will find out afterwards. But me, I will not die. We're talking about faith. We say it's a technology that makes that which is spiritual become real. It's not how to analyze life and as things to come out. You know, like I was talking about Nigeria politics and all of that. When I hear Christians talk, look, I just say, look, these people say they are praying. They are not praying. You see, you cannot pray except, you know, I said before, hope is what brings the place of prayer. Hope comes out of faith. Hope comes out of faith. It's because you say, no, God said this land is mine. And this guy is sitting on it. You come determined to take the land. I hope you're getting my point. Is the, it, look, the idea is that why is the org of Bashan on our land? Why are the Amorites still on our land? I don't care how strong they are. They will leave and not go in. Do you get my point? How will you kick them out? No, we'll discuss that later. First, let's first establish that we're not going anywhere. Let's first establish that we don't have an option but to collect that which God says he has given. That's why I tell Christians again. Let me tell you something about God's righteousness, please. I've not said it enough. God is a fair teacher. You are his son. You are his daughter. You are in his class. He will set an exam. His eye is close to who's writing. He doesn't care who you are. If he says option A is correct, he marks option A correct, whether it is a Christian 
or Muslim, whether it's his son or his daughter or not, even if the child of his arch enemy is in that class, the day of examination he will mark fairly. So his child can be in the class and be the worst student. Result will come out, his own son will get 10 over 100. And his arch enemy's son will get 90. He will award the marks. He will give the prize to the arch enemy's son. That's what it means to be just. One day, one of our sisters, <laughs> she was my student then, finished the exam. I marked her paper, looked out for hers. I saw her afterwards. I said, do you know how you did in that exam? I gave you 7 over 20. That's how I greeted her. 6 is the lowest mark. Do you hear what I said? Lowest mark allowed, then we used to do close marking, was 6. She entered my cow. Ah, sir, are you going now? Yes. Can I come with you? No problem. Enter. She entered. How are you? I said, you did that test? Yes, they said yes. I said, yes, I marked your script. I gave you 7 over 20. Maybe you don't get it. 6 is the lowest mark. If you give me a blank paper, I give you 6. Yeah, just for coming in, I give you 6. Some lecturers will say, no, you get 0 for writing nothing. No, I said, no, me, I don't do that. What I used to do is that, for not wasting my time, you get your 6. Because the guy who wrote nonsense over for 2 pages, I gave him 6. Then he wasted my time. I had to read rubbish for 10 minutes. I gave him 6. Then you, you are just nice enough to say good morning. I just give you the 6. I mean, you're, you're done better for my life than that nigga that was... <laughs> I just told the young woman, I marked your script, yes, I gave you 7 over 20. She got the point, because 7 means that you wrote the minimum amount of sense. So I can only add one mark to the base. I used to tell them, the only thing you gain for knowing me is the extra coaching I will give you. The ability for you to call me at any time and say, please, I'm reading this, I'm confused. Once the exam starts, you are OIO. That's God. You see where I'm going? His son is in the class. The boy will feel nicely. And he doesn't care. Then after he finishes failing you, he will not call you next time. Now let's go by the apparently you don't know the subject. They will teach you again. The day of exam, he steps back again. Everything I have taught you, put into practice. What am I saying? If God says to you, this is the land I have given you. You are my people. You know the next thing he does? He now teaches you on how to live in that, no, on how to conquer the land and how to live in the land so that the land will not vomit you up. He said, if you don't do what I am saying, see, the very reasons why I removed people from there, he gave it to them. This was their lifestyle. They were practicing sexual immorality. They were wicked to strangers. He showed them all these things. He said the land became polluted. So I'm driving out the inhabitants. Why? The land has become defiled. He said, now be careful. I'm putting you in, not because you are righteous, but because I promised your fathers. He said, but to establish you there, you have to be righteous. You have to be. Otherwise, the land will also vomit you up exactly the same way it vomited up the people that brought you in to replace. You know what happened? They didn't listen. And you know what happened? The land vomited them up. The same way they wiped those people out, they were also wiped out. The Assyrians came, disappeared, like our Nigerian English, it disappeared in the northern tribes of Israel. Why? They didn't listen. God showed mercy to the southern, to Judah, sent them into captivity. I said, don't worry, you will come back. Again, I tell people, 
when I say that, uh, God fulfilled his promise to, it means to Israel. You know, so he got them all over the world. And they are 19, 19 what now? 40 or something. They became a nation again to fulfill his word. I just be laughing. You know why I'm laughing? That God is still just. One of the first nations on this earth, if not the very first, I just say one of, I think it's among the first two to legalize same-sex marriage was the nation of Israel. The very thing God said is an abomination. The very thing God said is the reason why he drove out the people from the land. When he came back to the land, the first thing they did was to establish it again. I said, you don't know this God. These preachers who are deceiving you, don't let them deceive you. He will drive you out again. You can beat the Arabs ten times. The eleventh time, they will kick you out. You can't defile his land and hold on to his promise. Are you mad? You know, anytime I hear preachers preach, eh? That's why I reject all the, I reject it. Many of you know one of my favorite teachers. In that area, I reject his teaching entirely. Why? You never point out two things. One, that your iniquity will kick you out again. And that Jesus already established. Your house will remain to you desolate until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. If you don't say those two things, I reject all your teachings. I reject it. I don't want to mention them. Two of my favorite teachers, I reject their teachings in that area. Entirely. You see, not because <laughs> my reason is that you have to magnify Christ and magnify the righteousness of God. Let's sit down in Nigeria again. Nigerian Christians, don't be fooled. God does not prefer you to the Muslim if you will not walk in his ways. Don't fool yourself. Don't fool, don't fool yourself. Don't fool yourself. Anytime you see calamity, go and check it. When Saul loses his savour. Because it's not good for any other thing than to be thrown out and then be trampled underfoot by men. Headsmen will come to your village and kill everybody. They wipe you out. You won't know why. They will infiltrate your life. You won't even know. Where will, where, where will when this happened? He told Jeremiah, what do you see? He said, I see a pot boiling over, facing us from the north. <laughs> that is coded. God said, yes, you are right. From north, calamity will be poured forth upon the land. That's why it annoys me when I hear this rubbish, I'm sorry to say it, this nonsense talk from pulpits. What we need. Now, one man said, do you know how many churches we have? There's no church like Redeem. They have all these branches everywhere. Deeper Life has branches. <laughs> he mentioned one church that, according to Pastor Okebuti, the only thing they do there is commit immorality. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's one church like that. One day, somebody from that church called me one day, a woman. Good morning, sir. I said, good morning. Pastor Kimte gave me your number. It's not Kimte, I'm just pulling his legs. Say, you're going to help me with something. I said, yes. So I made the call. Say, please see this person. So my wife said, ah, at least, be nice now. Tell her to just come, maybe come to the house and see you. I said, do you know the church she goes to? <laughs> that was the only thing I said. I asked my wife, what's wrong with you? Don't you know her church? And she called herself, maybe like an elder or deacon, one of those titles in that church. I said, you're not coming to my house. I am sorry. I beg, I beg. God is helping me. Don't worsen the problems of my life. You ain't, come, you ain't sleeping in my house. Don't leave me. I have children. I have, don't come and bring any spirit. You come and be speaking in tongues and releasing morality into my atmosphere. Check, ba, 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 ba. Call me for communication. Come, ba, 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 come. Hey! Not in my house. Not in my house. Not in my house. Not in my house. I beg you. <laughs> this is a spiritual problem. I'm telling you. I go and read my book. Worship and sense control. Ah. 
That spirit. And the man was saying, you come to a church like that. We'll go to the grassroots and mobilize the vote. Because I will punish all of you. That finger I used to vote, I cut it. I'm telling you. I mean, they look at people. And, and they, ah, my God in heaven. They don't understand the righteousness of God. They talk as if we are oppressed. Let me tell you something. Christians are not oppressible. By nature of who their father is, you can't oppress them. That was why Moses prophesied concerning the people of God. He said, why will one chase a thousand and two chase ten thousand? Why? He said, their rock must have given them up. Many times we were quoting that scripture, I want to chase a thousand, I chase two thousand. You know, when people are marrying, I said, they pray for them. Before you were chasing a thousand, two of you combined was chasing one one thousand each, that's two thousand. Now combine, you are going to chase ten thousand. In the name of It's good, have you? Read it in context. It was enemy that was chasing them. What God said, ah, one Assyrian will chase a thousand Israelites. Two Assyrians will chase ten thousand of us. Haba, why? He said it is their rock that gave them up. Why? They sinned against him. They rebelled against him. People want to cure rebellion with political arrangement. It's called Saul. You are not Saul. You go further into bondage. I feel like emphasizing that thing again in Nigeria. When I hear Christians talk, I just like, you see, Father, help me to help your people this morning, please, by your spirit. See, one of my brothers, he has been here, he has taught here before, about two years ago, Minister's Conference. They've said it a number of times that maybe they should cut Kaduna into the northern Kaduna and southern Kaduna. So southern Kaduna is so-called predominantly Christian, and northern Kaduna is predominantly Muslim. He said he's waiting for them to do it. The day they do it, he's packing to northern Kaduna. And he's, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's an ordained minister. Do you hear what he said? Do you hear what he said? That when you cut Kaduna into north and south, the south being the predominantly Christian area, he said, I'm moving to the predominantly Muslim area. I said, why? He said, for peace of mind. He said, the southern people, the, cri- the, the criminals, there are too many. He said, it's a place where you can't leave your house to go to church on Sunday. When the, you come back, they'll boggle it. Before you come back. So when you live in the northern side, you don't have to lock your door. Please, oh, brethren, if you are from Kaduna, I don't mean any insult. Enugu people are as bad as you, so don't uh, worry about that. All right? Those of us in Enugu. So I'm not trying to... Uh, you get my logic. I'm trying this Christian, Muslim thing. God said something there. Eh? Jesus was speaking directly. He said, you, either, you, you have only a choice of two. You're either hot, hot or what? Or you are cold. In the interest, in the, um, in, on the basis of the faith of Christ, let's call the Christians hot and the Muslims cold because they have not accepted Jesus. You know what Jesus said? If you claim to be a Christian but you are not hot, I will take you, spit you out of my mouth. You know what that means? That place you used to call a church, they will take the building and start saying Islamic prayers there. Is that not what happened in Europe? You know in Europe, you go to Germany, the name of their parties are Christian Democratic Party. They don't believe anything. Meanwhile, the party will be called Christian Democratic Party. One of our brothers went to Switzerland. He asked an Uber driver, a white man, all right, about, I forgot what he asked, maybe, but the guy hardly knew who Jesus was. 
or who Jesus is. Hardly knows. Now, in case you do not know, when, we, when they're talking about the, the Reformation, when Martin Luther came, pay, play, uh, pasted his thesis on the, on the door, challenging people to debate, and said, by faith, by faith alone, and when the Dark Ages ended because of that revival, we started with people like Martin Luther, that was Germany. Next in line was Switzerland. Revival broke out all over Europe from Germany and Switzerland. Two generations, three generations later, they don't know who Martin Luther is. They've forgotten who is Winkley. They don't know who all these people are, all these reformists of those days. They don't know anymore. And the churches that were built, God said there's no problem. I will explain to you people what I mean. Money will come from Qatar. They will buy the church, remove the chairs, put mats, becomes a mosque. From outside, you see a beautiful church building. You go in there, they are doing a la akbar. Because, no, 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 don't be angry. I did that. Did I not warn you in Revelation? You know, you heard me say it a lot of times. It's very annoying when Christians say that we have one guy came to redemption camp. said, God sent him to give us information. I said, my friend, go back home. Satan sent you. you lying to us. See, I'm one person. You can't just be bamboozling with God, said. I told you, when you say God, said, I'm checking. God said, which one? Which part of this universe is this God that sent you? Because this one is a political God. This God is in APC. I can see it. You see Labour Party gods. They are very common now in South, Southern Nigeria. The PDP God is there. You will prophesy. Jonathan will return. You see, start here. <laughs> nonsense. Prophecies. I judge the spirits. I say, this guy is a liar. There's one man who prophesied one time. All of us should prophesy next time. They asked me, Pastor, have you heard the prophecy? I said, God didn't speak to him the second time. Leave that. Yeah. You know, you see, I can't be believing your prophecy when I heard it first in the bar where the boys were smoking. They were prophesying your prophecy. Keke Rider carry me, prophesy your prophecy. And it's another one. Then when we are playing the Yimba versus Julius Berger, we heard the prophecy in the stadium from the mouth of a supporters club or fans. Then you mount puppet and say, does I say, my brother, does says the people, we heard it before. I don't know whether you're getting my point. If you prophesy common information, that is the bros, God doesn't need to tell you this. He has already told everybody in quotes. You are prophesying from your spirit. And listen, if you're a prophet, you have to be careful. One of the most difficult jobs. People like us, eh, who are teachers, we don't have a problem. We just be quoting scripture, joining together, joining together. It will, it will be correct because there's nothing else but scripture you are joining. <laughs> But when you are a prophet, you have to be careful. Sometimes, I've heard prophets talk before. I called the prophet. I said, prophet, don't say that thing again. I said, I said, God didn't say anything. Why are you putting his name in your own emotions? Prophets do it all the time. God says the Lord, and I'm looking at the prophet. Which God? You know, like I say, humorously. There are things people will finish saying. I said, the God I serve does not smoke. He doesn't say things like that. And I've never been proven wrong with any of those things. The one that I did was that made my life, my wife laugh. When I was preaching, giving testimony, I pinched, I said, it's lying. <laughs> Were you there? I said, it's a lie. <laughs> I said, then this one happened. I said, sweetheart, it did not happen. My husband, were you there? No, I don't have to be there. So I tell him that when we're, we're now traveling, so we bought a new, uh, the, the latest model Toyota, we're now going, we're going. When we go to the Niger Bridge, you know, the bridge was blocked. So the man just turned the, the air conditioner to high, and the car just flew over the bridge. <laughs> <laughs> so which car were you driving? He said the latest Camry. He said the AC was so powerful. Once you just turned it to high like this, thing just... <laughs> Why are you laughing? Were you there? 
Why, why are you laughing? Were you there? Look, listen. <laughs> I was a t- test every spirit. That's what I do. You often hearing testimony. I tell my wife, leave this guy. Just come on to bow. I say, wait, it's not money he wants to raise. That's how you catch them. When they finish, I say, you will not say God. I want to connect with this. <laughs> Just burst into laughter. <laughs> Only my son was in church. He and his friends. One guy was preaching powerfully. Preaching powerfully. He said, today I'm going to take an offering. I'm not taking anything less than 20,000 there. You're going to say to God. <laughs> now my, my, my son, pinchy friend, said, don't worry, five, he will take 500. <laughs> <laughs> you don't, those, oh, God, please, if you are a senior person, behave yourself. These young boys are watching you. <laughs> they come begin bed, say, he, I, he can't take 500. God told him 20,000. Now me tell you, we're going down to 500. Just watch. Instead of this of the person, they were sitting down there, <coughs> waiting for when the man will reach 500. The man don't do it, do, do, do. After I do this, 20,000 minimum. After a while, I say, I know some of you are saying, man of God, I need to join this thing. David. <laughs> <laughs> Next thing, oh boy, call her 5,000. They say, don't worry. She better told me it's coming to 500. <laughs> Finally, the man said, okay. Everybody has to participate. Even if you say, all I have is 500. Come for, ah! <laughs> The boy said, did we not say so? <laughs> so that 20k in initial gra gra is coming down. Hiya! Oh God, and you want to take this land? And you want to take this land? And you're asking God not to give the land to Muslims. Look, prophecy, prophesy. I say you are prophesying common knowledge. God didn't speak to you. Anyway, why went you that the guy, your guy came. Came to Camp. Said God said I need to give my people information. He was telling us how people are killed, how many Christians are killed, how people were killed here and there, and I give no history of Turkey. That was when he got on my nerves. That's when he got on my nerves. I'm telling this nonsense that Turkey used to be a Christian nation. I said so, so, so if we are not careful, what used to be Christian now can become Muslim tomorrow. God has given me understanding. Eh? And God said, I use Islam to replace unserious Christians. I always do that. Jesus said, I said, I said, what's all the noise? You are there prophesying, giving us information. He said, God sent you. If he sent you, you brought a wrong message. You know, God can send you with saying the one he did not say. I said, hey, you brought a wrong message. Because from what I know, the talking you are talking about, which is in the, in the book of Revelation, we read a portion of it this morning. We didn't read the letter. Those letters are the churches. They said all those churches were in Turkey. I said, but why didn't you read that Jesus warned that you will lose your place if you don't repent? If you don't do the deeds you did at first. That church in Ephesus that he spoke against, they did a lot of things. Just one thing he had against them. He said, I have one thing against you. You have forsaken the love you had at the first. He said, now you have to go back to that. Otherwise, despite all these good things, I will close you down. He went to another church. He said, Jezebel sits in your church, calls herself a prophetess, and then she's teaching and leading my servants astray, and you people are tolerating her. Whether Jezebel was a literal woman or false doctrine that they allowed to fester, at the end of the day, you will lose your place. He warned them. Now, they lost their place because they did not heed the warning. Now you are telling me that I need to politically scheme 
to prevent Islam from taking over the land. And like I always add, are you okay? You can't be okay. It's when human beings brag. The sycamore trees are falling. We'll replace them with cedars. The bricks are falling down. We'll rebuild with stones. But say, wait, me that broke down the brick, that removed the sycamore tree, you think I can't pull down cedars in Lebanon? If I speak, I bring down cedars in Lebanon. That's when Christians gather and they don't understand what matters in life. That their righteousness is very important. That God gives a land to who wants it. That if you are not willing to send missionaries to where people are willing to blow themselves up to take, then you will never get that land. That God does not drive out the inhabitants of the land until you are ready to occupy it. You have to show him you are ready to occupy the land. See, I want you to understand what they call the justice of God. God is very just. He is just. That is, I was saying earlier, what the advantage you have for being his son in his class is that, okay, assuming I teach physics, I can give you extra lessons at home. I hope you're getting my point. I can show you all the tricks in the book on how to solve difficult situ- uh, calculations. I, that's what I can do. And that's what he does for us Christians. For example, the instructions he gives to us, he said they are your life. I hope you're getting my point. We don't need to know how it works. Just obey the instructions. Like he told Israel, these are the things you will do. The land will not have to vomit up the inhabitants. He will say to them, listen, these are the rules of sexuality. If any man wakes up one day, I'm not saying we'll do that modern day, I'm just saying what he told them. And says that he's transgender. And he starts dressing like a madman. Do you get my point? God gave them rules on how to prevent him from polluting their land. Let me not repeat it here. For they say we are advocating some things. Okay, so the Lord will give them instructions. Say, this is how you live. He will tell you, you cannot sacrifice your children to Molech. He says things like, you don't cook the kid as a little goat in the mother's milk. Now, of course, those were idol, those are issues of idol worship. He took them out to show them how idols idols were worshipped in Egypt and how the people in the land they were going to were worshipping idols. And he said, you have to be careful not to do any of the things that the people are doing. Now, that's the instruction he's given as a father. That's the instruction he was given to Israel because he said, Israel is my son. He's my firstborn. So as a father, he was given instructions. But as a judge, he does not care who you are. When it comes to test. A day of testing comes upon the inhabitants of the earth. A day of testing comes periodically. And one day there will be a final day of testing. When it comes to test, he doesn't say Christians to this side. He judges everybody by their works. But what's the advantage a Christian will have had? One, you will have known the right works to do. And you will have had the power to do them. Do you get my point? Like I said, when it comes to check ten righteous people, he doesn't go to church. Like, God comes to town now. So I want to check. This is Sodom and Gomorrah. We need 10 righteous people. I've negotiated with Abraham. I will spare the land if I find 10 righteous people. He won't go after service. So how many people came to church? No. He will let service end. You go to work on Monday. Open your shop. Let's start doing business. He starts checking. He goes to the classroom. He starts checking. Why can be later? He starts checking. George, he starts checking. He will come to church only to test the pastor. 
Let's see what he's preaching. He checks. He is practical in what he checks. And he that does not do righteously is not counted. That's why John said like this. He that doeth righteously is righteous. You can't claim the righteousness by faith and it's not producing the doing of righteousness. It's not allowed. Anytime you claim the righteousness by faith, but you are not doing righteousness, you come into that group called lukewarm. Jesus is particularly angry with them. You know why? One reason why he's angry is because they spoil his name. They pollute the fragrance of his glory. I hope you're getting my point. That is, you hear people say that, ah, so that one is a Christian. Like one lady I, I heard of went to church. She's a foreigner, came to Nigeria to work. One day, I think she's a Hindu or any one of those Eastern religions. Someone that dragged her to church. And she started laughing. <laughs> you know what was funny? The bloke I'm preaching has been chasing her for weeks. The clown on the pulpit sharing the word of God this beautiful Sunday morning has been chasing the Oyubo girl for weeks. So she was laughing. See what Jesus said? I will spit him, that one, I'm spitting him out of my mouth. Because she's, he's not the reason this one will not even consider believing. The clown, because they work in the same environment, has been chasing this woman for weeks. There's another member of the church, another drag that come to my church now. Let's go for Sunday service. She sat down and her toaster stood up to preach. She was a single boy. We say, a defined wife. No, he wasn't at all. Mama was sitting on his right. First lady is in church this morning. Hallelujah. If you know what Jesus has been enduring in our hands. If you see what Jesus has been enduring. That's Anytime Nigerians are talking, and they talk about Islamic agenda, I laugh. They said President Buhari said something recently. I didn't hear it directly. He said, okay, I've been your president for eight years now. Have I Islamized you? You know, I just take Christian. You don't get the point. It is not this name you bear that makes you, you know, a son of salvation. It's not the name you bear. You say, I'm a Christian. You have a Christian name. You go to church. That's not it. The, some of the places they call Christian in Nigeria, <laughs> like Pastor Porridge will say, Burukuti Christians. The only thing that makes them Christian, eh? You want, they don't go to the mosque, and they have a Christian name. You see names like Peter, James, John, Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew. What's the name of that guy? Epaphroditus, you know? <laughs> Jude, <laughs> Simon, you know? That's the only thing. Hey, thank you. Aquila. <laughs> And you and and they not claim that yeah, these are Christians part of Christian part of Nigeria. And God said, No, I don't think so. Jesus says, No, I don't think so. Jesus says, I know I don't think so. Please, I'm trying to preach about faith. This is just I'm just talking on this thing. I want Nigerian Christians to understand that don't even think God sides you in all the political issues of Nigeria. Simply because you go to church. He doesn't. Don't even think he does. If the people you say are not Christians want the country more than you, God in his righteousness will give it to them. That's what I want you to understand. They can't be here digging in that we are not going away. While you are planning how to escape, and God will give it to you. 
I don't know whether you are getting my point. Our big men shout and tell us how to, you know, have alternative plans, how to get out of the country, things go rough. And they say that the so-called people who don't believe and say, no, we are not going anywhere. This is the only country we have. And God who sees as a, as a just judge, you think he will give it to you? He will not. I've read my scriptures enough to know that God gives you something. He now says, go and take it. And when you want to take it, it always looks like you are risking your life. He says, I have given you the land of the Amorite. I give you the land of Og, the king of Bashan. He said, now begin to contend with him in battle. It's always battle. That's it. It's always battle. Sometimes we don't. <laughs> oh God, you know, I wish we were just normal gist. We're not recording these things. So that we can give more gist. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, you know, when you hear Christians talk sometimes, you can say, now, wow. They say, no, then that good is just making money because government is supporting him. See, if you talk like that, you'll be poor for a very long time. Did you hear what I said? Your poverty will be extended. It's not the Bible because prolonged the days of your prosperity. So remember, the days of their poverty has been prolonged. Yes. They're angry all the time about things they don't understand. But I keep on saying, are you willing to take the risks to your... Because many of us, if you had the kind of money some of these people have, we have disappeared. Yes. Ah. There was one, one of our brothers told me a story of one man, one young guy. And let me tell you something. Eh? This is how people will not go far. I will say it the way it is. This young man had an idea. And again, this is the principle of life. God says, be fruitful, multiply. Then fill the earth. Then you have dominion. That's how it goes. First, you are what? Fruitful. Then you do what? Multiply. Then you multiply again until what? You fill the earth. Then dominion is natural. Which is the reason why people say, uh, government is supporting this man. Supporting this man. I said, I have known, be observing him now for over 20 years. Governments have come and gone. There have been pro- pro- governments from where the head of state is from southern Nigeria, much long more than from northern Nigeria in that period that we're observing this man. There have been more years of government headed by Christian, in quotes, supposed Christian, than the so-called Muslims. Okay? They have been. As said, how come they have consistently supported him? You don't ask yourself that question. And you that are talking, government have been supporting him for a long time, you know that. Number one, they supported him to go to university. You don't consider it anything. You got let their job, you go to work three times in a week when you feel like going, and they pay you regular salary. You don't think government is supporting you. Don't let God put you on a stand, though, because the kind of punishment you will give some people, you wouldn't believe it. The people who have been supported by government eh, are the ones that complain most about somebody has been supported by government. They went to university paying tuition of 70000 naira a year. They didn't consider that government support. That one is birthright. Then they got the, the NYSE 12 months, of which they did not do anything. You know what they call lazy youth? Where is JD? One day she woke up in the morning and sacked how many coppers? Eh? Eight. In one day. NYC members working for her. All of you pack, get out. I don't want you again. I don't want any more. My wife needed staff. He said, I beg, no staff is better than a call member. People who government is paying. They just think that their allowance is best right. Madam is going to work. Jed is going to work. She gave them house to stay in the same building where she's living. 
She's fully dressed, going to us. <laughs> they are rushing. Now we are coming. <laughs> Please leave President Buhari alone. When he says lazy youth, these youths are lazy. Even when you were gumbling, you were too busy being lazy, did not notice that you are one of them. The Lord is good. <laughs> what am I talking about? Listen. The same people, person has been supported. 12 months, he did nothing. Federal government gave him food money for 12 months. Then he left. NYC. They finally got job with federal government again. In which they employ six people to do the job that private people normally use one person for. That's any time they privatize. The day privatization takes effect, half of the staff goes day one. And they let everything cool down for six months. Take another half. After another six months, of the half of the half that's remaining, it starts looking like, let's just remove 30%. After two years of privatizing EEDC, staff load is down by nothing less than 80%. And power supply only improves. So when I'm talking about the principle of lazy youth, you should know that it's in the society, it's in the environment, it's there. The same people have been supported by the federal government, doing nothing, being paid a regular salary. They turn around and say, hey, they are supporting that they are supporting this person. I said, eh? So you don't know you have been supported? Now, this one, we don't about one young man. You know, remember, fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, <laughs> replenish, then what do you have? You have dominion. That's the way it goes. These are the stages. So a young man became fruitful. He invented, he did something how to do with um, recycling. Built a factory, I think somewhere, not too far, somewhere in the south down here, sure. but not in Ogo. I don't remember. Built a factory, so he won awards and all of that. You know the way when you go they do when it comes to environment, environmental thing. So they gave him awards, made him you know, go abroad to give lectures and all of that. His little recycling thing was working. Then one of our brothers who told me the story, then stumbled and told him, Somewhere, either in the US or Dubai, or one, one hub, one international hub, airline hub. Hey, how was going on? He had packed his wife and his children, wife, two kids, or three kids, with the little money started making instantly. He had relocated them to North America on the spot. You're asking why government is helping Dangote. You are just throwing away the help they will ever give you. Because relocating this is costing money. You're not thinking of doubling the capacity. The average person, that's why God cannot help. Once they are fruitful, they don't believe in multiplication. No, 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 no. Once they are fruit, because multiplication comes with risks. Oh, no. No matter before you start from fruitfulness into multiplication, there's a danger that you will dive down. But you must always cross it. Otherwise, you will never multiply. If it's about doing business, don't as anybody's enjoying money. I've I've been there, I've seen my wife do things, I've seen people do things. The more business you do, the more money you make, the more money you need. I don't know where you get my point. Yeah, yeah, that's how it is. That's how it is. Maybe you have one small, what's the name of this small vehicle that can hardly carry two bags of cement. Even though our guys put twenty inside. <laughs> when you know that one I'm talking about. If you are doing it, you're faithful, you're dependable. You're driving your vehicle up and down, servicing people. After a while, you have a lot of customers because of your character. Suddenly, that vehicle is too small. But go and check it. The money you are making cannot buy one that can take maybe three tons. 
It can't. But now you need a vehicle that can take three tons because of the customers that are coming. Then you are doing your people think, hey, this guy's business is doing well. No, suddenly you are in need. And I pray every father in the name of Jesus. Father of heaven, you are praying. That's what you see, they are doing everything. Why? Suddenly you need a three-ton, I hope I don't make a mistake, this is my tonnage, three-ton truck, if a ten-ton truck. Then when you now have the next level of truck, people say, ah, this business is doing well. Unfortunately, the money was given to you by a commercial bank. And those guys, after devil, I think they're the most wicked people <laughs> in Nigeria. If you are doing business, try and avoid them. Try and go to Nigeria Industrial Bank. If those ones can help you, those ones are sent by God. And if you can find a Sukuk bank, Islamic bank, eh, meet them, please. Those guys are likely to aid your prosperity. More than some of these are our southern wicked commercial banks. I'm trying to build a business. You're charging me 25% per annum. It's not what kind of shaking on your head. What kind of nonsense? <laughs> so those people that are fighting bankers now, it's not just currency. We know we don't divex before. <laughs> We've vexed for a long time. We just found an excuse. Nigerian bankers, they can fund trade. Now, trade, rush to China, bring something, quickly sell it. Now they fund. Let's build something from the scratch. Please just leave them. Nigeria has one industrial bank. Go through the rigors. Bank of industry, right? Yes. <laughs> bank of industry. If those will give you money, they give you like God. They are patient with you. Have patience with me. I will pay you all. But if you see what we have done to them, let them not mention one state or region. Those guys say they are closing shop. Whether that law says they should remain there, they were going to close shop. People will defraud them with all these their good heart. They will, just by the way, sorry, I'm sorry to say this. Do you know the people that hardly defraud them? Northerners. See all this life we've seen now with this The people that hardly defraud them are Northerners. I have friends who do business. What is your pastor back in the yellow pastor? We don't have. <laughs> but they come and say, ah, my name is Elijah Babagan. Ah, Elijah, God bless you. They would do business with you. Say, this is my pa-. And the person talking to the Christian who goes to church, he pays tight, so. <laughs> ah, he does. He said, no, no, I will say to God later. Let me make the money first. As for this, my brethren, excuse me. Please, let me continue my, what I'm explaining to you. So the man, you see him, suddenly he needs more, a bigger truck. Then maybe he manages to get money from a commercial bank. Now he's on edge all the time, trying to make money to pay his loans. But God is watching his, his heart. He's faithful. Then God brings more business. Then somebody says, okay, do you mind doing cement distribution? He, he, he. Then suddenly, he needs a truck. You know that long one that has like 30, I, I usually count that. I want a pass. I will pause. Four, 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 two. But, <laughs> and they count tire. There are some that is eight, eight. Ah, like, some of those vehicles you see, when they remove their tires, they, they bought your Camry. Tire alone. Use your tire alone to buy your Camry. <laughs> no, not a joke. They did the store Dangote's tires. I couldn't believe the amount of money. You know Dangote's tires? They are branded. Those is vehicles. The tire, you know your own, you go and buy Michelin's own is Dangote. It's written on it. When I heard the billions the man used to buy tires. Tire. Yes, now. Each of the, how long did it last? With all those numbers, by then they do trucking for one year. Everything don't melt. 
No, you're untired the last four years because when you drive to the office, you pack one with for federal government to pay at the end of the month, then you drive back home. It's because people like you, they invented Uber. And leave the, give the motor to go and walk when you're sitting down in the office telling stories, analyzing politics, and you don't have PVC. <laughs> the Lord is good. Now, you know, what I'm saying, so what this guy now needs, he needs another vehicle. And these vehicles, they are not cheap. They are not cheap. You know, if you are used to just driving Corolla, you, know, you don't know the cost of moving things. And they tell you that this truck head is 80 million. You were like, excuse me, what did you say? The head. You never buy the bed, though. You never, that, and it's the bed that carries all these tires we have been analyzing since. Another prayer point. So each time in life I found out, those who are really growing in business, they're never really making money. They're just managing in quotes. Can I beg the word, to use the word manage? Yes. Just managing to move from one level to another. Just keep, and, and that's what God does. And God is watching the individual. He's watching. Then one day, God may just come this way, breakthrough. Say, listen, how many trucks do you have? And I say, we have two. Look, I see you can do this. The guy, you know, is called a man of my purpose from a distant country. The guy has $5 million he has nothing to do with. Why don't we start a trucking company? I draw $5 million. We buy this number of trucks. You manage it. I take 25%. You take 75%. And that kind of thing, you look. What did you say? So, I got please, please. Just take 35% because I, my conscience will not let me to give you a little. The man said, no, 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 no. If you just continue the way you are doing, I'm fine with this. I mean, what? The next thing, they structure a beautiful company for you. That is finally when you come to rest. And that rest is just for one year out of seven. After that one, God shakes you again. Because one day they now say that all these ships is crossing the globe. No human being get them. You'll be like, God, please now. It's okay like this. Now at least I can feed my family. Because I didn't send it to feed your family. I sent it to affect the earth. Many people know where they stop. That first stage. As they are fruitful small. As they have a three ton this thing. They are okay. Immediately they don't go buy land for village. They have one in Enugu. They are developing two sites at the same time. They are always stressed. Then one day. Ah! May God not make you the person that will build house halfway won't finish it. Because in the middle of that one day, one driver will just go enter into a river, wham, with his truck. Three weeks after his insurance expired. Ah, uh, that's how they call it, wahala. <laughs> that's it. That flow of cash dry. It's God that wanted to point out his foolishness. The man that was making small money before now is owing. The cement man will now be calling him. And we drop cement to your village like since four weeks ago. You have, we have not seen your alert. Oh, guy, it's not like you. He's a boy in a condition. Next thing you know, you are owing. You can't repair it. You have two trucks. One is now you are fishing one out of the river. The other one, the engine knock. As soon as you hear that this one fell into the river, the engine just knocked. Wow. Then nobody let me go do this work. <laughs> Then you're not being distress. You know what God is saying if you are like that? Say, so go and sell that rubbish I build. Use the money to expand your business. So I like, God is coming, is helping that. Why won't I help that? If he did like he will it be where he is now? 
You see, one of the things I, have to say, I said earlier, I want to say it again. What God does for us as believers is that he teaches us in what is right to do. You don't just use that I'm a believer thing to be harassing everybody. If you are a believer, it shows in what you do. You will have better wisdom in doing business. That's what it does. That's what being a believer does for you. And you stop being envious of people. If government helps you, why can't God help you? And you claim to believe. I have found that. And I'm saying, in fact, that's the thing so strong on my mind. The way our people are abandoning their inheritance for temporary comfort, it shocks me. You know what I found out? All the people that God blessed in scripture, usually unsettles them first. Yes, now, Abraham was okay where he was. In or whatever they call that place. He was okay. Then God migrated until he became a nomad. So as to bring forth an inheritance of the whole earth. That's it. When Joseph was comfortable, God said, send him here somewhere as a slave for me. Don't mind this boy. He's feeling happy with my father's favorite song. Coat of many colors. Coat of many colors my mama made for me. This is not my papa made for me. God is looking at him. Coat of many colors. There's no problem. You won't wear coat again. You go, they wear bante. You know what they call bante? Loin cloth. That's what they did to him. Send him into, just send, send, send that, that, that joker into slavery for him. So this comfort, not let him progress. And all this, all the skill in his body came out as a slave. All the ingenuity. After a few years, Potiphar said, oh, do they have more slaves from your country like this? So, okay, let's not lie. I'm not a slave normally, but let's leave that story for another day. <laughs> ah, ah. No, you don't understand. Joseph was so good, the Bible says that the only thing Potiphar used to concern himself with was a food. That is like, is this food too much? I'm, Joseph, you know I'm watching my weight. No, no, go. You know, I, you know I've been sick for some time. You should have added more. That's all. Joseph would just say, oh, God, sign here. As he's eating, he signs. All the ingenuity in his soul came out because they made him a slave. He was in his father's house. I don't think that boy would have gone far at all. He would have been plotting against his junior ones too after a while. If he ever had. <laughs> what I'm going to say that is that God often, when he wants to bless me, he will unsettle them. He will shake them. He vibrate them. Say, ah, but this is your, you are too comfortable. Yet, you know what we are doing? We are selling our inheritance for comfort. Ah, the way people sell inheritance for comfort, they have been like, what? See, the way the average southern, so-called southern Christian behaves. You know, one day a Muslim says something to, I think, I've forgotten who. Now, was it Ravi? I heard this one from. They were having a debate in, in the UK. You know, they have this talk, in, in, inter, you know, they talk about religious tolerance, how we can sit down and be able to relate with one another, be tolerant and all of that. So after the talk, or before the talk, one Islamic cleric met one of the Christians there talking. He said, we don't need this talk. You are the ones that need it. Did you hear what I said? He said, we don't need it. No, this talk is on interreligious harmony. How religions can coexist without conflict and all of that. The man came. He's an Islamic cleric in London. But he told this guy he was open about it. He said, this talk is for you people, though. We don't need it. He said, what we need is time. He said two generations, everybody with Muslims. He was speaking in London. He said, all this talk is for you people. I will come. I'm not planning to cause trouble. 
But I can see down the line, two, three generations, we're going to be 90%. So who cares that time about all this talk on uh, who pray in the center of the, uh, of, uh, of, uh, of time, what's Trafalgar Square? I mean, yes, Pigeon will move aside, we will pray. Now listen, he wasn't being, he wasn't poking everybody to anger. He wasn't trying to, to intimidate anybody. He was giving facts that, look, bros, stop talking. Look, 50 years ago, how many of us were here? 10 years after, how many? What? Right now, there are districts in London that are purely Muslim. I hope you know that. Even the, the, the king now, King Charles, before, when he was Prince Charles, they changed his title from defender of the faith to defender of faiths. Originally, his title as Prince of Wales was Defender of the Faith. Then they changed it to Defender of Faith. So now, it has to include everybody. Next thing, they elected the Muslim mayor in London. People did not know that was possible 20 years ago. I hope you're getting my point. So, the, the man said it clear. He said, listen, we don't need this. You guys are the ones that need it. Now, please, for a moment... Think about this nation, Nigeria. The way we behave down south. If God leaves doors of emigration and all of that open and keeps our economy thinking for two, three generations, see all these guys who ride keke come to dig for you, they will buy all the land and they will build half of the houses. Their children will be visiting. And there will be a mosque at, uh, uh, call it, at Otibu, uh, Otibu Roundabout. Out of need, nothing more. Think about it. The average pastor makes more money. Where, where does he send his children to? And then you will sit down there and be saying, because but you don't want the land. What is wrong with you? You don't want it. Do you want it? You don't want it. If you wanted it, let me see how you are pouring your money into it also now. Ah, yeah. uh-uh. We're always looking for where somebody else has killed himself to make it comfortable. He said, Issachar. It's like a strong donkey lying down between the sheep folds. When he saw that the land was green and everyone was comfortable, he said he bent his back to beard burdens. And then, without realizing it, he became a slave at forced labor. That's what happened when you're always nosing around for where there's no problem. I look at it all the time. That's why this pastor said, You guys should not be, be thankful that God is very patient. Because if I were him, I sack all of you tomorrow. You know, tomorrow is Sunday. As you arrive in church, you serve your sack later. You're not preaching here today. I'm telling you the truth. Because we don't tell ourselves these truths. We'll be lying as if we are oppressed. We are oppressed. There is an Islamic agenda. There's an Islamic agenda. Pastor Corey lives in the north. He pastors in two places, Sokoto and Meduguri. If you pastor in Sokoto and Meduguri, you are called of God to be in the north. Because normally... I mean, they don't tell you. All the branches of church that he has, all are in these two places. Yet he keeps asking, please, oh my brethren, why shouldn't Islam have an agenda? I don't know whether you are getting my point. Yeah, that's what he wants to know from those of you who seem to know these things. He said he doesn't understand why you complain about an Islamic agenda. He said by nature, they must have an agenda. They are a religion that seeks to advance. And you've heard me say it again and again. What is the problem 
with an Islamic agenda. I have never seen a problem with it. Why is that telling me that America has defensive agenda? I mean, that's why they're America. I don't know whether you're getting my point. All these fights going on in Ukraine, between Russia and Ukraine, if you... Now, please. I feel sorry for the Ukrainians because all the fight is on their territory. But when you hear the Russians aspect uh, argument, you know why they are fighting. That what you guys want us to take, America did not take it in Cuba. Yeah, that's what they are saying. The Cuba Missile Crisis, go and read about it. They say America didn't take it now. Ukraine, look at the amount of border we have. They want to join NATO and will be here watching. You know what it means to join NATO? It means you bring American missiles and put it at our domot. You know they call domot? <laughs> they said, no, it will not happen. They said, no, it won't happen. If we have to detonate a tactical nuclear weapon to make that point clear to you, we will. It will not happen. I don't want to start talking geopolitics now because there are spiritual things going on. But if they didn't want that war, I mean, before the war started, uh, Joe Biden called him a few days before the invasion when they were massing the troops. Don't do this. He said, give me your word that they will never join NATO. What did Joe say? Joe said they are a sovereign nation. The guy said, no problem. So I invade the sovereign nation. He said, just promise me, we are talking on the phone, head of state to head of state, that you would not let these guys join NATO. And Joe Biden said, they are a sovereign nation that cannot make such a promise. The guy said, so no problem. Don't worry, I'm not invading them. I'm not. Two days later, boom, they shut up the whole place. How did I get into that? But So Islam has an agenda, just like NATO has an agenda, and Russia has an agenda to defend itself. Islam is one religion. There are three religions on this earth that are trying to advance. There are just three. Number one, Christianity. Number two, Islam. Number three, atheism. I hope you know atheism is a religion. They worship a spirit called no God. They still worship. If you know what they're trying to do to enter this country, you wouldn't believe it. These guys, Boko Haram was at our doorstep. We begged them for weapons. They said, unless we legalize gay marriage. That's what they did to us under Obama's watch. Ah, guys, give us gun to fight now. Boko Haram has taken three of our local governments. They said, no, you are discriminating against gay people. So God said, so we went and prayed. Father God, you did hear. Now God, give them to Donald Trump. The guy said, what do you want? He said, one plane. Take, bomb everybody. <laughs> The Lord is good. <laughs> the point I'm making is listen. So Islam has an agenda. So what? The question is, where is the Christian's agenda? Where is the agenda of the church? And I'm saying to us again, if you don't have an agenda for taking this nation, there are people waiting to collect it. And taking it is not through politics. All these noise we are making. So I'm sorry to say this. Of the four front runners, there's no believer amongst them. Not one born again soul. Not, not one. So it's politics want to you. Let's not go into politics. Not one. So that's not our method. That's what I'm going to emphasize. It's not our method. Our method is definitely not political. Our method is simple things like, I'm a child of God. I'm now fruitful. Father God, help me to multiply. No, just in your mind. I want to drop this challenge for the church. Say to God, my ch- no, not you now, you, forget you. 
Say to God, my children will possess this land. You just have that thought. See, just say to God, Lord, because the way most of us pray, Father God, thank you. In the name of Jesus, you've been good to me. Oh, let my children possess America. Is it a lie? Is it a lie? Father, let my children possess Canada. Oh, the name of Jesus, UK is our portion. I see brethren. Oh, God, God have mercy on them. They said, ah, you are still in Nigeria. Better go and pray for God to speak to you. Yeah, yeah, that's the kind of thing they say. You need to pray for God to speak to you. One of our brothers, let me not mention his name online, and I won't tell you which particular state. When God settled him in that state, there's something he did which I will never forget. He decided to possess a core northern state and bought 55 hectares of land. Many of us don't know what they call a hectare of land. The whole of uh, the Anglican bishop's court, the one that uh, Umoji, Nofia, Axis, is one hectare. That Anglican bishop's house is one hectare. If I'm mistaken, does anybody know? Because I've, I've gauged it. It's about 10,000 square meters. That's one hectare. In case you don't know, a standard plot is 500 square meters. So 10,000 is 20 plots. That your beautiful new bungalow that you have been admiring and worshipping God over for a long time is from 450 to 500 square meters. One hectare is 10,000. This man bought 55. What is his argument? Say, so my father owns the land. I don't care whether it's a Muslim state or not. In this country, we did here. 55 hectares. You see, people just come here. They make money. They run down to the south and go and build one house in the village. You know? You know there are some houses they build in, uh, in East Enugu here. That make me laugh. You see, in the corner of one hill in Udi, I see the house wants to fall over. Then they say, you spend a lot of engineering to balance the land. Every time I drive past, there's one particular one. They have never seen the door open in my life. The guy who owns it, probably living in Nasarawa. Or maybe abroad, maybe Australia. Meanwhile, where he is, eh? two room. Two room apartment, now they still. One day, one guy who used to walk with me, died suddenly. Woke up one day, bam, they said the guy was dead. Went there. So I went to his house to go and see his widow. I said, we cross one small canal inside the compound. Cross leg here. Navigate through one. <laughs> they enter one tiny longo where the guy they stay. And I'm wondering, this is how people die suddenly. Really. And he did. Die suddenly. Then we went to go and bury him. When I saw the size of the house in the village, I felt like saying, if you were God, wouldn't they do this to you? Yeah, this big thing you have built now, the only thing is good for is for us to bury you inside it. I personally have found out something. A good night's sleep is one of the most powerful recipes for good health. Let me just advise you. Hmm? Once God gives you small money, just have, make sure you have a room that you can sleep and nobody's shifting you to one side. <laughs> try, just try. Thank God for these low energy air conditioners they have now. Just buy one. Hmm? Then sleep in the will of God. Your dosage of antihypertensive will come down. So you're always angry with everybody. It will reduce. Then you look at Buhari, he will lose so handsome. <laughs> so you are perpetually angry. It's lack of proper sleep. 
Let me tell you the truth. Eh? That's more important than buying the car, unless the car is making money for you. John boss go out. Right, Keke go out. But when it is sleep time, Father, we worship you in our sleep. In peace will I lay me down and sleep. The Lord alone makes me dwell in safety. You will be worshiping when you wake up in the morning. Honestly, the day will go good. I went throughout the night. <laughs> when we wake up in the morning, it's as if they have already finished the day's work. You wake up in the morning, you're already tired. You have not made a dime, you are tired. The Lord is good. What am I saying? Brethren, please. Hmm? Pray this prayer. Say, Lord, my children we possess this land. That's what I'm saying. It's an important prayer. Say, my, not just you, my children. I was telling my wife on the other day, she was laughing. I said, I said, I said, look, listen. What I want to say, I'm not saying it's a law. Let's say I'll go work it out. But uh, some people take pride in that. Ah, my son is Australian. The other one is in London. The other one is... Then they can't pray. Where are they pray? They can't pray. Where are they pray? Say, where is... No, no. Say, where is Akinlu? So number five. Benga. So number eight. Victory. Number nine. The same street. Yes. I own half of the street. What's the problem? And now it's one of the drive-bys. Come to help me drop gas in the house. God bless you. Have a good day. You and your wife. It's where we all love you. I don't want to travel to see any grandchild. Come on. Come and see me. <laughs> Everybody knows why they like. I'm telling you, me, I just saw this one. It, 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 and now that's why I go bless people like him. Let me tell you the days of Abraham. This is Abraham's tent. Isaac's tent is... Uh, Somebody's paying tax in Australia here. The other one is sweeping something somewhere. <laughs> no, seriously, me, the way I reason now. No. The way I reason now. The way I reason is different. I'm not kidding. If, if, I'm, if I'm doing business, go and go any school you want, you finish, come and learn the business. Yes, it has to grow. Not as businesses don't grow. After one generation, why it has died? When we're young, those is all those. Boss companies that we have done their children. The children are now, you know, it's not a doctor in, in America checking people's nose. <laughs> and you're looking like, what is wrong with you people? When you hear of hired group, you hear of a, what they call a Hilton. These are generations after generations. You think it's just one day they just say, okay, no, now. The man built a company, the son took it over, they kept on expanding it. I want to build a company, wants to make money. Hey, you, know, you, you go to Australia, you, you live in London, hey, you, you, you go to America, hey, you stay in Canada. You go to their houses, each person a small, small house. Princes, where they come from. These are people that their father will own half of the street. They have children that will not start again from the bottom. And you think they are blessed. Because want everything now, 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 now. You can't think of that generation. No, I tell you, see, what I told you, it sounds like a joke. What, if God said, how would you like it? He said, ah, God, you want to plot this in myself? You're not sending anybody on mission. Ah, good. There's no problem. I tell my wife, look, when you have finished sweating and doing all the work, once your soda is set, I say, yeah, you, go and be running for your mother. Your mother is tra- traveling with me while going somewhere. Look, there are three kinds of workers. There are owners, good shepherds, and hirelings. 99% of blockers around the hirelings. They don't care whether your business dies or lives. True shepherds, good shepherds, are very, very few. 
Most good shepherds are owners. They are the ones that will labor, labor, labor. How much are they earning from their labor? They don't even know. They don't care. As long as what they are laboring over stands. As long as it prospers. As long as they can pay staff on time. And they can increase the number of staff they are paying. They can improve how much they are paying. And things are running well. Hardly will take your job today. You train him for six months. The seventh month, Japa. The blocker becomes the security guard. Where is good? And God says, you go security. What do you want? Why don't you tell them about the guy and say, if they do security in scrotum, don't freeze. Who told me that one? Somebody told me last week. One of you now. Somebody put up, put up your hand. You told me the story here. You are the one now. Now you, now you. He didn't talk, now you. It's his friend. This is a man that's like an assistant manager or deputy manager. You know it's winter. You can't sit down. I, you know in Nigeria, we're not used to parking for all those places. So the guy goes, that breeze blow. <laughs> he wants to sit down. Supervisor goes down here. Hey, okay, Chico, you should be on your feet, man. <laughs> Your next promotion, you are going to be a bank manager and you go up security man. You don't have any sense of pride. You are not preaching the gospel. You can't even tell you are a Christian. You, you, so, you, know, in many of, you can't wear cross to work as necklace in many of those places. It's an over display of religion. You remove the cross from your neck. I'm not joking. You don't know that? As a woman, you know, you, wear, you put pendant. You can't in most of those places. You wear it. You have to button over it. They say you are intimidating other people. You are here. Now, so we go the dangle rosary. <laughs> and now, Islamic brethren, I said they go, they do. They are talking to you like this. They are doing choco, choco, choco. And meanwhile, you're supposed to be. Right now, in a, in a, if you check, you know, because of this uh, crisis we have in the country, that's cash issue. Part of the problem we now have on top is that transfer with your account now. Yesterday, my wife tried transfer, tried transfer. He tried. And I said, look, that's, that's the problem with people who don't use modern apps, you know. So I said, let me use my own more advanced app, you know, husband app. So I tried. One hand, the tail went. I said, okay, okay. It, it, it don't go. So he called the police. I beg, I don't transfer the money. Okay. So I left her. As I said, they climbed Kingdom was staircase. Now I had Pongom, reverse <laughs> I was talking on the phone with Pastor Courage. <laughs> now, now I quickly, I said, I said, I'm sure, I'm sure. I need to cut this call. Now I'll call you back in one minute. I was on that call. I said, I'll call you back, I'll call you back. I quickly cut the call. I called my wife and said, okay, the money has returned. <laughs> it's this morning, this morning, this morning. I finally got the reversal of the charges. <laughs> this morning. I had to click cut the money. I said, okay, okay. Tell them. They should leave the place. The money didn't come. Now, why am I telling you that? You know what? Part of the reason why you're having the problem? All the IT staff don't run. Oh, that's part of the problem. You see, look at what I'm saying now. Next, they will know. See, in these banks, after a while, they are going to place adverts for Indians to come and do the IT. 
No, they will have no choice because, see, let me tell you something. One country where you can have engineers in large numbers, there are two. China. China can give you 50,000 engineers at the blink of an eye. Next in line, India. This one we are doing to ourselves. Those guys, they train high-level engineers. In a year, they can produce 100,000. That's why everybody goes to China to manufacture. We'll be shouting, shouting, shouting. Now, run the IT of your bank. So, the presidents are collected all the cash, Abi. Say, we don't have cash again. We begged him to give us 200 naira. Okay, fine. Now, yeah. I hope you, no, this is an incredible, you know Ope? How many of you know Ope? I hope you know it's a Chinese company. This one now, they will have doubled the amount of POS they have everywhere. What have we done? We have gone to, to be clearing snow. Yeah, yeah, you'll now be there. Say somebody wants to take your land. You gave it up. You gave, you dashed out the land. They give you a job as a high-level IT staff in a bank. They are paying you well. With the money they are paying you, you raise 50 million to evacuate your family to go and kill as a security man. Can't you see that the cost in your life is working? Why didn't you leave that same bank? I say, oh boy, see opportunity. Guys, because like now, it was Judah same the other day. All these ones. Somebody by now should devise a method by which we don't even need the 2209, which is not hard. All these POS that we do, you have to point the point, wait for network. There are devices you will use that no pin, all you do, like the, the, the bank, the, the boss one you're talking about, you just swipe, pam, remove 15 naira. Each time I swipe, 15 naira. Or the guys, okay, point 50, put your card, pam, you go see, pim, goes. If they steal it, all you've lost is a, a thousand naira. Because in the, in the morning, you put a thousand naira. These are, Solutions people can design. I'm not saying it will be easy, but that's how you take a land. You face the challenges. But no, when the cause of Noah is working the lives of people, when the cause of Issachar is working the lives of people, when God blesses them small, time to multiply, they say, no, I need to revive. What are they looking for? I, I hope you know, UK, they are collecting. You know, let me tell you something. All of you to, to, to run around the UK. Let me tell you what UK people are doing. They are broke. No, no, that is not an insult. It's not a joke. It's not a lie. It's not an insult, it's not a joke, it's not a lie. The UK government, the UK economy is broke. One place they get a lot of money from is from Nigerians who come to school. It's the reason why they toss open, once you have money to pay school fees, you, they will give you a visa. And then there's one lie you lie to yourself. When you finish, you get a job. They are planning for you. Look, they are interested in just two things from you. Just two. Not three, just two. See, they don't want three things from you, they want just two. The first one is your school fees. Then when you finish, they will not assess you. Do you look like you have energy? If they are not sure, after six months, your visa has expired, go back home. You will now go back to the same thing. By that time, somebody will have won the election. You did not vote. You come and start complaining again. Because if I hear pain from your mouth, that job you left, see that guy who was your junior now, go and meet him, apply to him. And they say, ah, bros, you come back. Ah, thank you, thank you, sit down. Your interview will be tomorrow morning. Please be around, be around. You won't realize that the first has become the last. <laughs> oh, God. What am I saying? Let me end my message here. I think I've spoken enough today. I didn't even... We'll get to the message for today. <laughs> yeah, I used to it, so don't worry about it. What I'm just trying to say, brethren, in summary again, if you want this land, God will give you. He will give you. You may have challenges, but he will give you. Your children will possess the land. They will possess the gates of their enemies. 
Many of the people you are angry with, they are more righteous in the eyes of God than his own people. And God is challenging the people of God, wake up to righteousness. Wake up to right desires. Wake up to faith. Understand your God, your father, has the power. Understand it. There are principles for possessing the land. There are. What he gives to you as his child is to teach you those principles. For example, righteousness and justice. Righteousness and justice. You hear what, I, what they said? And a, a northern Muslim said, trying to, other people, you know God hates usury. You know what they call usury? He hates usury. Profiteering. He hates it. Just take, every, of, take advantage of every situation to grab more for yourself. But money is scarce. And yet you have the heart to tell somebody to give you 3,000 naira out of his 10,000 that you are helping him get. How else do you define wickedness? Yet a Muslim looked and said, no, my charge is 200 naira. The southerner collected 1,500. Southern Christian, I presume. And they said, but your colleagues collected 1,500. He laughed. He said, I don't want to be part of the problem of the country. Is that statement that hit me? Is that statement? Say this country has problems. Please, I don't want to be part of the problems. When it's time to bless people, God says, Banky, sit down. Let's be just. If you're the one that rules in the affairs of mankind and you give the kingdom over to whomsoever you wish, who will you make president of these two people? I will look and say, God, let me be honest. The one that doesn't want to be part of the problems, make that one president. Because the only problem is that they say he has three wives. Did I say that's an abomination? Say this one that has only one wife. Ask me how many girlfriends he has. <laughs> if he can come to, how can sinners come together? God said, if they gather, I will scatter them. That's what he says. Listen, pastor, let me give you a message to pastors. I want to close now. I hope I've said something today to you. Pastors, listen. You people are the problem of Nigeria. Pastors, I hope you are hearing me. I give you large platforms. You don't preach righteousness. You don't preach the truth. You preach pain. You preach bitterness. You preach politics. Your messages are divisive. That's all you are concerned about. The anger of man is what I hear from your pulpit. You don't elevate Jesus Christ. You don't describe him for people. He says, say to the cities of Zion, behold your God. What do you do? You say to the people of God, behold your enemies. Behold those who don't want you to prosper. What is the job of a pastor? Say to the cities of Zion, behold your God. Your God is coming. His recompense is with him. That's what you are supposed to say. Some things I hear pastors say, because of the respect I have for some of the men that say them, I can't even repeat them here. They are painful. They are painful. You know, you hear what some of our senior men say. You are pained from your heart. You're like, God, how can you bless these people? It's not possible. God says, listen, if you guys had any peace in eight years, I crossed, I did, I did everything possible in righteousness to help you have peace. Because how many of you ever, many, you know, many people wanted the country to collapse so they can say I said so. This morning I thought of one of my friends. I said to myself, wicked soul, I don't want to talk to you. They just want to rejoice. Things must go wrong. I thought of him this morning. I said, this guy, you're not talking to me. 
And I'm happy. I'm happy because if you did, we'll fight all the time. We'll fight every time. Listen, though. I'm warning pastors. Listen, let me tell you this. Eh? Like Judas, the Lord will treat you. He said, his place, let another take. Many of you are going to lose the pulpits of those big churches. Because righteousness is not rising from there. People leave your church, they are angry. Then one of our big pastors, he, I said, if anybody goes to this church, they will kill somebody one day. Yeah. Because every time, I know he has a reason for being angry. But if he leaves the pulpit, anger, anger, bitterness, anger. If you go to this church, one day you will kill somebody. I don't see ministry of reconciliation. I don't see it. No, honestly. And I'm telling you what the Lord, that, that's what's vexing God. So all of you can go and vote any rubbish vote you want to vote on Saturday. It's not going to change anything as long as the people are the same. Told somebody that if Jesus is, is, becomes president of Nigeria, they say, I said, what will he change? You think Jesus can, as president can change anything in democracy? His bill will not pass. Ah. He will write a budget now. He give it to Jaguda. Oli. Onyoshi. Barao, in National Assembly, you think they will pass the bill of the Almighty? Some say, he's God. Let me tell you why, where his Godship works. He will come in one day and kill everybody. You say, why do you do that? You said, I'm God now. You think he forces wicked people to do right? He will, he will smoke them. If he say power everybody, they will bypass his meter. Then when they finish bypassing his meter, he will judge them. Jesus cannot reign Without the wrath, the 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 how they call it again? This no no. There's one rod of his wrath, that with which he shatters the nations like anywhere. He can't. That's why he's so patient. He just watch. He said, "If I mount that throne, you will see death. You will be tired." Jeremiah finished preaching. One guy challenged him. God said, "Go and tell him, he has instigated rebellion against the Lord. This year he will die." All the guy said was that God said two years. Jeremiah said 70 years you are going to be captive. The guy said two years. Because I tell him I'm removing him. Why? He's making people disbelieve the truth. Sometimes I look at this person and he talks and say, you know, democracy, you have to get your PVC and vote. Where the vote is your power. Because if you say that again, I shut you down. People of God don't believe those lies. God is still ruling in this country. Whoever wins the election and sits, no, I keep on emphasizing and sits. But if you win, it doesn't impress me. Come and sit down first. That's my own. If you sit, I will worship God for you. I start praying for you again. The least I can do is to at least contribute faith into the environment so that those who, I mean, so that those who are sitting in the power, at least they will have the opportunity to succeed. I've spoken long enough today. Whatever the Lord said to each person, let me hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Let's bow down our heads and give you Lord thanks. Just say, Lord. Make me one of the solutions and not one of the problems. Just pray, say, Lord, help me. Let's continue to pray. Um, let's take about um, 30 seconds to one minute to pray. Say, Lord, help me. That in the space, in the environment that you have placed me, I receive um, strength to stay. Help me to be a solution, like uh, Pastor led earlier. Let it not be said that I'm part of the problem. No, let it not be said. 
even in a very difficult environment, Lord, help me to be a solution. Let's let's pray. Take um, 30 seconds, one minute to pray that prayer. Lord, help me. Help me. Help me. Help your church. Now, the Bible says we are the light of the world. So, help us. Let's truly shine for that light that we are. Every strength that is needed to stay, Lord, will receive it this morning. Even in um, trying times, in hardship, hard times, Lord, help us. Is your help we need? Is your strength that we need? Father, we thank you. Let's give the Lord thanks for the word that we, are, we have received this morning. Can you just give the Lord thanks? And say, Father, thank you. We have received your word. Uh, we're stirred up again.